All right, welcome back to another Godshot Discussion Podcast meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous. My name is Asher. I'm your secretary for this meeting. Um, I just want to give you a little bit of information about our uh, podcast structure. So we have an active participation table, and this table is for those who are electing to actively participate in our discussion today. Usually there's between two and four active participants per meeting. Active participants are encouraged to ask questions, share their unique perspective on the topic, and be open to answering questions from the other active participants. Those not seated at the active participation table are invited to take on more of an active listening role. Please refrain from commenting or disrupting the discussion. At 11.45, we will open up the discussion and invite the active listeners to share their unique perspective on the topic of discussion. The purpose of our Godshot alignment discussion is to engage in authentic dialogue to expand upon the 12 steps and 12 traditions of recovery, whether it be an NA, AA, SLAA, whatever 12-step whatever program person that is sitting at the active participation table is affiliated with. <clears throat> the purpose of this is to make it more relatable and helpful to others who might be listening. Our discussions are uploaded onto the Conscious Creator podcast. And uh, obviously, if you're listening to that, you don't need the address, but it's anchor.fm forward slash conscious creators. We're also available on iTunes and Spotify and some others. Um, all right, so that's it. That's all I got. So today we are um, sitting here. It's uh, I am solo today for the first time since we started the Godshot discussion podcast. So with that, um, we kind of touched upon step two in last week's meeting. Um, and this week I'd like to actually go through some of the reading from the 12 and 12 written by Bill W. And expand upon the material provided. So step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. The moment they read step two, most AA newcomers are confronted with a dilemma, sometimes a serious one. How often have we heard them cry out, look what you people have done to us. You have convinced us that we are alcoholics and that our lives are unmanageable. Having reduced us to a state of absolute helplessness, you now declare that nothing but a higher power can remove our obsession. Some of us won't believe in God. Others can't. And still others who do believe that God exists have no faith whatsoever that he will perform this miracle. Yes, you've got us over the barrel, all right. But where do we go from here? Well, let's break down uh, some of this first paragraph. So coming to believe, if, if, if that language is a little dated and... At, um doesn't resonate with you, uh, I say I have accept the possibility. I have I have a substituted come to believe with accepted the possibility that a greater power than self could restore us to sanity. And when we say san sanity, that's inferring that we're insane presently. And so I don't necessarily have the actual Webster definition of insanity. But Einstein's one shall suffice. And that insanity as he defined it, and I'm paraphrasing, is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. And so when we, <coughs> excuse me, when we reach 
the hollow halls of AA and we begin to <clears throat> put down our weapons and our shields and surrender to possibility, um, the first step is that we're going to acknowledge, we're, gonna, we're basically admitting that we're powerless over alcohol. And in being powerless over alcohol, we're also acknowledging that our lives have become unmanageable. That means that the alcoholic self that's disconnected from a higher power and a greater perspective than self is an insufficient guide that is inadequate and not suited to help us navigate through life and to actively participate in our shared reality with other human beings. The alcoholic self the self that is actively attached to whatever external mechanism it is. You could insert alcohol. You could insert a meth pipe. You could insert a girlfriend's name. You could insert a obsessive compulsive disorder. You could insert whatever your mechanism of dissociation that you use to manage and control your emotional state with. We are fit singularly as alcoholics and addicts obsessed with and singularly hyper-focused on that mechanism. And we play all sorts of games with that external mechanism. And we try to control that mechanism. And we try to control and enjoy and our, our using or our exploitation of that mechanism. But what we're doing is we're directing all of our psychic energies, funneling them all and, and hyper-focusing them on this mechanism. And in that dissociated state where there's no genuine connection to our shared reality, nor a genuine connection to a greater power than self, a greater power than self that I choose to call the consciousness of being or my fundamental essence within that which is a direct extension of spiritual love and truth within me, without a active and consistent connection to spiritual love and truth that dwells within my essence. I am a fragmented, um, broken trauma avatar that's only capable of acting out and, and playing out various rituals. And those rituals are the textbook definition of insanity because I'll do them over and over and over again. And sometimes I'll expect different results. And sometimes I'll just indulge in them because it's what's familiar to me and what's standing in front of me is so unfamiliar to me and so potentially or seemingly threatening to me and my identity and this trauma avatar I built that I'll just grab hold of my security blanket and I'll indulge in that external mechanism in order to gain some degree of control from whatever uncontrollable situation is standing in front of me. Now, let's talk a little bit about those uncontrollable situations. Sometimes it's the death of a loved one. Sometimes it's uh, a breaking up of a relationship or a losing of a job. Sometimes it's the opposite of that. Sometimes it's too much creative recognition or someone who is open and available and asking us to receive their love. There's all sorts of opportunities for growth and expansion that present themselves to the alcoholic and because of the alcoholic has accepted fundamental ideas about themselves, about their, inade their inadequacy, about their unlovability, and about their unworthiness, they are fundamentally incapable of receiving that opportunity. And so they set forth to deflect, brace up, turn away, or dissociate from whatever's in front of them because they simply do not know how to receive that gift. And they stunt their growth 
and they fail to grow and expand their consciousness. And then they, then they feel stuck. They feel stuck in a place and time. They don't see themselves progressing. They feel lonely. They feel bored. They feel a whole bunch of things, but they're not able to get beyond that ritual of self. Um, uh, what would you call that? Like just beating yourself up. Um, attacking yourself. They're not able to see beyond that ritual and begin to acknowledge that there's fundamental needs that that alcoholic and that addict have been neglecting and not giving to themselves, whether it's the need for genuine connection, whether it's the need for authentic expression of self, creative expression of self, whether it's the need for progression to see yourself progressing and evolving into a place, uh, into a more desired state of being. So with step two, we're basically saying that there's a greater power or perspective than ourselves that can get us to create beyond the self-imposed limitations and the self-imposed habit patterns of alcoholism and addiction that we have enslaved ourselves within. So, uh, and most of us can come into this acknowledging that we are powerless over the drinking and the drugs, okay? But a lot of us don't recognize that we're only utilizing the drinking and the drugs because there is a deeper addictive attachment that we hold to these self-defeating beliefs and this narrative that we're stringing along, a story about ourselves and the world a story about what's possible for us or what people's motives might be, a, a lingering paranoia or anxiety that's persistent and overwhelming and, and, and draws upon, saps upon our energy and saps upon our potential and drains our resources in a very subtle, calculated and methodical and undermining, undermining way. So without a without first basically accepting the possibility that a greater power than self can restore us to sanity, there's no sense moving forward with these 12 steps. If you can't accept that something's possible or come to believe that a power greater than yourself, your trauma avatar that's built upon these self-defeating beliefs, if you can't accept that something's possible beyond that avatar, beyond that identity, that's built upon self-defeating beliefs and identity, by the way, that literally was created and founded upon decisions that we made as small children in response to trauma and neglect that was way beyond our capacity to reason or understand. So really step two is we're stepping into possibility. We're accepting that it's possible for us to tap into a greater power and begin to walk look at these patterns that we've created, these alcoholic and addict patterns that we've created through an objective lens, through a 35,000 foot objective lens that can see these patterns for what they are, rather than be in those patterns and very much be enslaved by them and have them be like who we believe we are. Okay. So without getting the external mechanism without first abstaining from that and intervening upon our attachment to that external mechanism of drinking or drugs or the girlfriend, without intervening upon that and getting that into remission, which means that the habit patterns of thought and action that support 
that attachment to this external mechanism, those thought patterns need to be put into a state of dormancy so they're inactive. Only then can we begin to create beyond those patterns. So the first step in being restored to sanity is to put down the drug or drink. The second step in being restored to sanity is to make a decision. And the decision here is just to basically turn our will and our lives over to the care of our understanding of a higher power, a greater power or perspective than my fear-driven, insecure trauma avatar that's own, that's hijacked my will to create and only exists because I give it power based on my need to be in control. So very much when we surrender to possibility and we, we, you know, accept the possibility that a greater power can come in, what, what, what there, there's a really interesting word acceptance. So acceptance is the answer to all of our problems. We hear that a lot in recovery. And we say, okay, well, I just need to get into acceptance about whatever's in front of me. Well, this is the opposite of that. This is saying I acceptance means letting something in. So we're accepting a possibility, which means we're letting it in. We're accepting a possibility that, you know what, maybe we're mistaken. Maybe my higher self and my spirit has been hijacked by this alcoholic trauma avatar. Maybe, just maybe, I have been wrong about what I believe about myself and what I believe the nature of the world and what's possible for me is. Maybe I've been mistaken about all of that. Maybe this is just all a big ball of confusion that I've been pushing down the road for so long and become so invested in that it literally feels like you're going to rip my heart out if I have to let it go. Because without it, without this trauma avatar and without this identity I've created, without this narrative that I've been carefully constructing through every broken relationship or failed job or opportunity, every time that I've, you know, each new chapter of this narrative has been another nail in the coffin of possibility for me. Well, well without accepting that we might be mistaken and accepting, letting in the possibility that there is a greater creative power, a more wise and authentic and just power that can set our thinking straight. And if we bring our self into alignment with that and start to concentrate upon that power and begin to act upon that power's direct insights, well, we can begin to vibrate above the alcoholic trauma avatar. And we can begin to create beyond these instinctual ritualistic patterns that we've created just to maintain control. But <laughs> here's the kicker. In order to do all this, we need to be able to surrender our investment in being right about who and what we believe we are. All right. So let's look at, let's look first at the case of the one who says he won't believe, the belligerent one. So we're saying, let's look first at the person who says they won't accept the possibility. They call it the belligerent one. He is in a state of mind which can be described only as savage. His whole philosophy of life in which he so gloried is threatened. It's bad enough, he thinks, to admit alcohol has him down for keeps. But now, still smarting from that admission, he is faced with something really impossible. How does how does how he does how he does cherish the thought that man risen so majestically from a single cell in the primordial ooze, is the spearhead of evolution and therefore the only God that his universe knows must renounce all this to save his life. 
Wow. So what's Bill W. saying there? <coughs> Excuse me. It's almost like asking an avatar online to 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 uh, the alcoholic avatar is very much like the avatar that we have online that's attached to whatever simulation or whatever video game or whatever virtual reality, whatever metaverse that we are participating in. There's some sort of a avatar that we've constructed in order to interact with that metaverse and the metaverse itself is an inauthentic expression of life force the metaphor metaverse is a simulation by its very nature simulation is inauthentic so an alcoholic person an alcoholic person who is in their alcoholic avatar their trauma avatar by their very nature, they are incapable and unwilling to participate in their shared reality authentically. They need their security blanket. They need a power greater than themselves to buffer what their idea of themselves or that reality is from them and from those more vulnerable and um, vulnerable parts. So if they believe that they are inadequate, then they will utilize drugs and alcohol as a higher power to buffer and to hide and buttress and suppress and control and manage that um, inadequacy as they attempt to interact with and participate in shared reality. If that very same person has a pretty esteemable idea of themselves, but they have decided because of past traumas that the world itself is fearful and scary and people let them down, then they are going to utilize that higher power of drugs and alcohol in a very different way, but to achieve the exact same results. They are going to use drugs and alcohol in order to dampen their fear of a dangerous, threatening world. That's also inauthentic because, yes, in a moment, there are dangers and there are tragedies that life presents to us, but not in every moment. When we begin to allow a single moment or experience or series of experiences with a person or a group of people to define our entire existence, when these isolated occurrences of trauma or these series of traumatic experiences that occur with a loved one or a partner begin to color every single experience from then on out, we are living in our trauma avatar and we've become disconnected from possibility. We are no longer living in acceptance of possibility that there are some people on this planet who are full of love and joy. There are some people on this planet who genuinely want the best for us. We are living outside of the possibility that we might be worthy or we might be lovable or capable of things that presently we don't believe we are. So, Coming to believe that a greater power than self can restore us to sanity is accepting a possibility that if we can surrender our investment in our trauma avatar and we can begin to get quiet and quiet the mind and begin to tap into and invoke, inaugurate a connection to a greater power than self, which is built right into us, the fundamental principles of beingness upon which we were bor born with, 
and connected to are the exact same fundamentals of beingness that dictate every atom in this material universe. And there is a consciousness within the atom and there is a consciousness within me and you and everyone who's listening to this. But the consciousness of us, the consciousness of the individualized self has a counterbalance and it has a an alternate consciousness that dwells within us to kind of be its own um i guess you could say um checks and balances system we have this consciousness of being this beingness the this consciousness of being dwells within all of us too and though that's built upon the same fundamental principles of beingness and we're all connected to that oneness and we're all able to relate with that oneness and that's the collective consciousness of spiritual love and truth and the collective consciousness of spiritual love and truth is where our spirit yearns to dwell and to express itself and to live and to love and to learn and to cherish and to have this amazing physical experience and opportunity to express love in a physical body and to live in truth and to express love. But when we live in our trauma avatar, our alcoholic trauma avatar, we are living in fear and we are obsessed with control. So that means that all of the trauma avatars in the world who have hijacked their authentic selves and their spirits are the zombie apocalypses. And they are living inauthentic existence built upon past traumas. And they are in fear and very much anticipating the moment where the other shoe will drop and they will be catapulted back into that trauma. And so there, that's the need to control. And anything that comes along and interacts with those trauma avatars, those alcoholic trauma avatars who are in a state of fear, that is life-affirming or loving or outside the scope of the beliefs that they've accepted as who they are, they will set forth to dispense with that as if it were some sort of threat, even though those things are some of their most cherished and deeply held desires, such as a loving relationship or a creatively fulfilling career, something that brings wholeness and joy to them. Because the trauma avatar is an extension of a fragmented, fear-driven human being. and you can't have wholeness and joy while you live in that trauma avatar. And that higher power or that greater power than self, that greater perspective than self, that greater energetic vibration above the trauma avatar that begins with our authentic higher self and extends on through to the consciousness of being and then plugs right into the collective consciousness of love and truth or God consciousness. That is an adequate guide. That is an adequate guide that can help us in creating experiences beyond this trauma avatar and its insane beliefs that are only valid in its own mind and keep us uh, insanely protecting ourselves in the form of self-sabotage and pushing away opportunities for love and uh, connection. Woo. All right. So I guess we'll read two more paragraphs. Wow. At this juncture, his AA sponsor usually laughs. This newcomer thinks it's just about the last straw. This is the beginning of the end. And so it is. It's the beginning of it's the beginning of the end of his old life 
being emotionally attached to his alcoholic trauma avatar and the beginning of his new life and his emergence into a new life, living in alignment with that greater conscious perspective, that fundamental essence, that spiritual love and truth within him. Okay. His sponsor probably says, take it easy. The hoop you have to jump through is a lot wider than you think. At least I've found it so. And so did a friend of mine who was a one-time vice president of the American Atheist Society. But he got through with room to spare. And see, this is about us cultivating and sustaining an authentic connection to that consciousness of being, that direct extension of spiritual love and truth within us. Not mimicking someone else's, not living inauthentically through some dogmatic mandate or set of things that don't resonate with us. We need to and must connect to that deeper essence of ourselves. The alcoholic avatar is who we believe we are. The only way that we can transcend that belief and, and, and start to live in new possibility, life-affirming possibilities, possibilities that nurture our fundamental needs and bring about a state of wholeness and joy, is to be able to tap into a perspective beyond it that can see that avatar for what it is and can begin to work with us and begin to offer insights that we can act upon to create a new life for ourselves in moments. All right. So, well, says the newcomer, I know you're telling me the truth. It's no doubt. Oh, it's no doubt a fact that AA is full of people who once believe as I do. But just how in these circumstances does a fellow take it easy? That's what I want to know. Well, you just taking it easy is just surrendering to that possibility, accepting the possibility of sanity and wholeness and joy begins by actually opening up our mind and becoming open and receptive to it, not bracing up against it, not viewing it as a foe or something that we need to fight with or be at war with. It has to be something that although it's scary to us and although it's threatening to us, it is very much something that is, um, a, a cherished desire of us. We're curious what our life would look like if that desired possibility manifested and was realized. And in moments, as long as we hold on to that desired possibility and we continue to concentrate upon it, which is what we do in six, seven, and 11, the way that I take people through the steps in AA is to begin to view these survival patterns that keep us in our trauma avatar, those are the defects of character. Those are the habit patterns of thought and action that keep us in the collective consciousness of fear and the need for control. Okay. And so as we start to, uh, you know, consider the new possibilities, as we start to move into curiosity and desire to experience things beyond those survival patterns that are so familiar yet so painful, we begin to train our mind through the 11th step, through seeking out prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him. So the way that we would improve the conscious contact with God as we understand God is to begin to vibrate at a frequency where we have to sustain a vibrational frequency where we can receive and transmit insights from God consciousness. And we can't do that living in the trauma avatar. So 
but that's why we we do a very very intense six and seven because really literally meditating on and using a meditative mantra practice to get the brain to focus on the opposite of these survival patterns these trauma patterns puts those trauma patterns into a state of dormancy and creates the necessary mental space for us as recovering alcoholics and addicts to begin to lean into these uh, opportunities for growth and expansion rather than bracing up against them or turning away from them because we are still living in that fear and control vibration. All right, so that's a lot. And I think we're just going to leave it at that for today. I checked out on... Um, uh, page 26. So we're just going to do step two living in possibility. Um, I guess we left, I would say that we left off on page. Uh, we're on the third paragraph on page 28, beginning with sometimes AA comes harder to those who have lost all for they think that they have tried faith and found it wanting. All right, guys, thanks for tuning into this edition of the Godshot Alignment Podcast, um, Asher. And uh, until next time, God bless. Peace.